Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Let's Kill Twitter, the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. Let's Kill Twitter is recorded live and on Zoom, and this week's guest was comedian Darius Davis. As I suspected it might be, it was a very lively one-to-one edition, and we covered a number of fairly weighty subjects, but with some humour, I hope. We discussed a BBC comedy sketch about cultural appropriation. We also talked about another kind of appropriation, the corporate appropriation of the Pride Festival. And finally, we discussed whether wokeness was driving people away from the left. So a pretty chocker episode, it has to be said. I really hope you enjoy it. Please do follow us on Twitter at LKTZoom. Okay, everyone. Hello. Good evening. It's Sunday night. It's eight o'clock and you're watching Let's Kill Twitter. This is the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. Thankfully, I don't have to undergo that lofty task alone. And this week I have with me Darius Davis, comedian who will be known to many of you. Uh, because he's literally played almost every comedy club in the UK. He's toured internationally. He's been a finalist in almost every comedy competition you could shake a microphone stick at. And he's also the host and co-creator of Hate and Lie, the hit Edinburgh show. And that's along with fellow comedians Justin Panks and Leo Kurse. Please welcome Darius Davies. Woo! Woo! Hello! Hello. Thanks for having me. That's that's the best anyone's ever introduced me. I'm going to get you to be my hype man for every single show from <laughs> now on. That is what I like to hear. That is what I like to hear. I agonised. I slightly had the very last minute. Oh, I haven't written because I really I write everyone's intro on a little card, um, and I was like, oh, I haven't done yours. How terrible! So I've been rehearsing it for like the last half an hour. I'm really glad that's paid off. How wow. are you? Perfect. It's good. Uh, I, I did my first gigs back yesterday. I had two gigs at Monkey Barrel um since lockdown so they went very very well um i enjoyed them nice to be back on stage i was a little bit nervous i didn't think i would be there was only 28 people in the audience just before my heart was like boom 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 but then as soon as i got on stage it was great and i've been asked to do someone's 40th birthday party which i politely (laughs) declined (laughs) and what have you do you not do is that do you not do sort of birthdays and requests as it were? oh man i would listen some can meet like leo loves doing like weddings, this, that, and the other birthday. The thing is, I'm funny and I'm gregarious and I'm friendly from the minute I go on stage to the minute I get off stage. After that, I'm an antisocial person. I'm not, I'm like, there's the stage persona and then there's me who's a bit more chill. Um, but I wouldn't want to do a wedding or anything or a birthday party, but even if they've seen me at the club because they're like, oh, we've seen this guy, he's going to be great. And then obviously I'll be rubbish because the rest of them are there just to get drunk and you're going to ruin their big day. So I always decline them. I mean, unless I, the I love the uh, admission that you're anti. So I do like I, you know, big up for the antisocial people. I'm totally one of those. Uh, oh, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think the thing is, it's a, it. I don't mind hanging out with my friends, but the, the, this this the, this person they asked me to do the party. They said, oh yeah, and then you can come out with us afterwards. I said, oh my god, like you're. I like you. You're nice people, but for me, that sounds like a nightmare having to kind of. You know when you you're trying to make conversation with someone for that, like, oh, okay, let me ask you this. I can't remember and, that, Darius. I haven't done it since 2020. Oh, well, there <laughs> you from here. Well, that's actually that's what. To, to be honest, this lockdown suit me. People are like, oh, 
this has really ruined my, my my social life. I was like, man, my life hasn't changed all that much. I've just, been, <laughs> this is I, what I do. So don't have so many, so many gigs in the evening. I am so with you. I'll tell you something. It just, it was such a continuation of sort of, sort of normality. If somebody said, well, you've got to be in quite a lot of time. Uh, you know, you've got to watch, watch for a lot of friends. You've got to not talk to people. Um, I mean, in fact, only, it wasn't for the fact that when people started walking around with CDT welding hats on, I thought, hang on, something's up here. Yeah. Well, if, if I, I, I was saying to a friend, oh, what's lockdown like in, in the UK? And I was like, if you didn't see the masks on, you wouldn't really know there was a lockdown on, really, uh, I thought. But I, I mean, I, depends I, where you were, I think, but. Yeah, what well, time of day you get out? <laughs> yeah, true. Actually, I, to be honest, I I I wasn't in London for the for the main part of the the biggest the big lockdown, so I missed all like the um, what's that film called? Where end not end of days? You know the apocalypse London one where the streets are empty. Twenty eight days later. Yeah, twenty eight yeah. days later. Tyrone, my friend, was like, "Man, this place is just it's that it's eerie." So actually, I I might be wrong there. I, <laughs> I retract my previous comments. Well, yeah, it really depends on where you were. I mean, the fact that you could walk round with no cyclists actually on the pavement and they were actually on the road where they belong. Toot, toot, just toot yeah. my own horn there, as in my own campaigning horn. But I mean, there were things, there were just very obvious signs like clear blue skies and, and that didn't really last for long. But what about your life online, Darius? Because you've chosen some great tweets. You haven't let me down. I knew you'd choose some interesting tweets tonight. What's what? How is Twitter for you in terms of, uh, well, how how are you with the social sort of media across the board in terms of Insta and Facebook and the relationship with Twitter? Well, I've noticed this year, Facebook started off strong when the, at the beginning of the pandemic, I was still using it a lot. And now it's dead. It just completely, it's just dropped off in gate. And I'm not just saying for me, I'm like, everyone I know, hardly anyone is using it. And actually, Twitter, which I never used to use or you or, or look at much, has kind of increased, but I don't know if that's a good thing because well, usually yeah. I read Twitter and it just it just infuriates me. It's something or other. I'm not. If I wasn't doing comedy, honestly, at this point, I think I'll delete all my social media. Uh, I just don't see if you've got like a normal job, what point there is in you having a Twitter handle, because all that's going to happen is someone's going to search something that you said ten years ago which was probably a bit funny at the time, maybe not. And then you've lost your job. Yeah. That's, 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 that's how I feel about it. But, but, but the, the, the most interesting thing to me is that I think conclusively, nine, nine out of 10 people seem to think that Facebook's kind of dead now. I, mm. I don't know about you. I say nine out of 10, I mean like me and my only friend. But that, <laughs> Well, obviously at this point, I'll, I'll definitely say hello to the people who watch us on Facebook Live. Yeah. Uh, hello, uh, Facebook Live. Hello, Facebook Live. And also you can see us on Twitch and you can watch us on YouTube. Obviously, if you're hearing me say this now, you'll be doing one of those anyway. This will be available on YouTube afterwards. It will also be made into a podcast available across the usual portals. Um, please do follow us at LKTZoom on Twitter and Darius is at Darius Davies. You can see on the screen both of our handles there. What, what's your biggest sort of... Um, Twitter moment, Darius, either in terms of a really successful tweet or sort of Twitter entanglement? Oh, well, my biggest probably Twitter moment was when I went viral because I tricked the BBC into letting me go on and say that I saw some dude on a Ryanair flight, oh, which yeah, was, in right. other, okay. was in my other show. Recently, I got into a feud with Leo 
because whilst we agree on many things, we disagree quite uh, quite strongly on on Israel and Palestine. So I'm pro Palestine. He's pro Israel. Um, so we disagreed quite, you know. Well, well, thankfully, we've had you both on, so the balance is inbuilt. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's fine. It's, we're, we're all in balance. But if, if the thing is, it's good that I can have a disagreement with Leo about these things because I think cert certain people, they, they, they just block the voices that they, they don't want to mm. hear. So it's, it's nice that, you know, he can have another angle to, to listen to or, and his followers as well. Although, yeah. to be honest, they just slag me off, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I tell you, we'll kick off with a tweet that I think poss possibly both you and Leo will uh, both have agreed on the Rambi. And I've actually picked a couple of tweets around it as well. It inspired me to have a look at that. So basically, it's um, BBC Three. Now, this is a clip of a... Is it a, It's a sketch rather than actually belonging to a show, isn't it? No, no, this is oh. belongs to... Right, OK. I will set this up set as far up. as... In fact, it doesn't even need setting up. Are, are you able to play the clip? Oh, absolutely. Um, just just play the clip. Let's, doesn't let's matter. play the clip. I've already seen it, so I may just have to watch behind closed eyes again. Okay. <laughs> Hang on, let's do it again. So, yeah, with first... So, yeah, with first-time clients, I like to talk through the kind of thing you're thinking, where you want to go yeah. with your hair. I brought some inspiration. This is what I'm thinking. Okay. Well, I mean, this is Bob Marley. Didn't know who he was. Okay. But, but you wanted dreadlocks like Bob Marley? Yeah, I think I could, like, really pull that off. Don't you think I can pull it off? I don't. Um, but it's not really about that. Don't know if you've ever heard of the term cultural appropriation before. Oh, I love culture. I went to Berlin once, and all my friends there had dreadlocks. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Um, okay, if I were to wear my hair in dreadlocks and I went into work, say, in an office, I would get told to wear my hair straight to look more professional. That would be really cute. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, you're not getting it. Um, let's just not do this. I'm going to ask you to leave. Wait, what? Why? Um, I tried to explain, but you weren't listening, so let's just end this now. What is happening? Oh, it's nothing personal. It's just that we hate you here. Bye, Sienna. Come on. Thanks so much for coming in. Are you in. serious? Absolutely. Please hurry up. I just made food, and you're keeping me from eating it. Let's go. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Hi! Oh, you should just leave. She's not going to do your hair. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> God, where do, where do you want to start, Darius? <laughs> but, but listen, this is a clip BBC Three have put out ostensibly to highlight, showcase this show, Shrill, and how funny it is. So someone sat down and we want to really find funny clip that will really whet the appetite of people who don't know the show and they'll be really keen to watch it and it will really spark good engagement. People will be thinking, yeah, this is good. And they chose that. And I don't know, I, I, this is meant to be comedy. You asked earlier, oh, is it a sketch show? Is it? I mean, it doesn't matter. This is the clip they put out. So we're all coming at this. This yeah. is what they put out to try and engage us with. It's like, what is this? Who is the antagonist? Who is the protagonist? It seems to me, I think what the writers behind it wanted was like, oh, look how stupid this girl is asking for dreadlocks. But all it turns out is that these two hairdressers are incredibly sneering, condescending and rude. And I understand, you know, we live in a time now where cultural appropriation is a thing, but this video, this clip, 
I suppose the people behind it, they they want to be in um they want to encourage kind of like unity and togetherness and kind of divide, you know, break the division of hate. But this is a divisive clip. No one's watching this thinking, wow, this I feel better about myself. This just mm. is just an ugly clip. Like, you know, when in comedy, we always say, oh, you you're meant to kind of but uh, you know, punch up and stuff. But like, what? I don't understand what this is. It just seems like you're bullying some woman. Using dreadlocks is the worst example of them all because dreadlocks are, they're like Persians had them back in like a thousand years ago. So it's not just a uh, a Jamaican hairstyle exclusive to Bob Marley. It's just, it's just. I don't know. Maybe the, the thing is, maybe that show's funny, but whoever chose that clip, whichever is their social media intern, they need to. They need to have a course of what is funny. And I really don't understand what, what's happening with comedy today. Like, I think that's that's no one. Which part was the funny part? Maybe the woman shooing her out at the end. Was that meant to be funny because she's so rude? I don't know. So I, I, I chose that. But, but then I looked at the comments because everything I choose, I'll say, oh, let me mm. have a look. Because this was going viral for like just being awful. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. everyone said this is the most awful. Like, how is this comedy? What is this? And they've, you know, that that show might, ha is, I think it's got some decent writers, um, as far as I'm aware. There must be an actual funny clip they could use. And I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to, the thing that annoys me in today's society, and you're going to see this with some of the other tweets I've shared, there's a lot of performative social justice, for want of a better word. Like, we're all out there going, oh, like, these brands, oh, look, we've changed our rainbow flag. Yeah, but you've done nothing where it counts in the Middle East in Russia, where LGBTQ plus people need your support. You've left them to die. Guys in Soho are fine. They don't need your rainbow flag, Sainsbury's, Barclays, Tesco's, choose your brand, right? And it's just the same, this, like, I, I don't know what it's for. I personally, I find it not only, put, it's performative, but it's divisive as well. It's yeah, divisive, I mean, yeah. I mean, the way it's, it is, look, I mean, it, to me, it came over very much as some kind of, public you know like a public information film rather than a you know a, co a comedy clip and actually you get the sense from that so Femi who's um you know the sort of anti-Brexit warrior and general activist Femi I see Femi a lot on the Jeremy Vine show which everyone knows now that I watch religiously because I always go on about it so he he replied directly to the clip and said you're not helping even within the context of the clip, the blonde woman doesn't understand what cultural appropriation is, but you still don't explain it. So people watching who don't understand it will have exact, the exact same reaction to the clip as the blonde woman in the clip. But to me, that is, that's a valid comment, but it actually, what it does is this helps this clip to still be a public information movie. It doesn't help it to be comedy particularly at all, which seems very wide of the mark. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is for me, this isn't just like forget all the meaning and everything. Just as a comedian, this is rubbish. Like this is just this is bad. It's not funny. I don't know who commissions T. I, I literally I don't know because I've never, I've never been on TV. Right. But some of the stuff they put out, it's like, well, do you not like viewers? Do you want not want to do you not want view like your numbers are dwindling? Time was you'd go on live at the Apollo. You wouldn't be able to walk down the street. You'd be a household name, right? That was mm. the time you'd be made. Yeah. Then it went, okay, we'll put it to 11 o'clock. Then it went to BBC two. Then it went to 11. Now you've got people who go on live at the Apollo. They go, they can't sell out angel comedy because they, 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 they just, this, this, 
diluting they're diluting comedy just put out the best and it will rise to the top and you'll get views I, I don't know what they want and and they they you know but that is the test i mean that's the test of it look when this whole show comes out you know that could who knows that may have been a clip but i don't think so but it could have been a clip out of context in the sense that the rest of the show there might be some good sketches in it and and what have you but yeah they have singled that out to be the showcase trail and but then obviously cynically you have to think well there is somebody looking at that clip thinking well look they might not laugh but they're sure gonna argue over it so i don't know whether that's the sort of byproduct they're after as well well maybe i mean this is but this is why i'm starting to think like twitter i think of all of the social media for me is probably the most toxic mm. i think just like because no one go i I never go on Twitter, turn it on, go, wow, I feel better for looking at that. I feel like I've, I've really improved, but I go on it and I, and I, and I know I'm going to be outraged. Something's going to annoy me. I specifically look to see who else has been outraged so I can be outraged that they're outraged. And it's a, just a vicious circle. I think that depends on the, the trail that you follow to some extent. I mean, I think, so for example, you've, you've brought this tweet in, something I should have probably put in in the mix already so i'm glad that you have so off the back of that a femi's tweet and then also um dominic samuel's tweet above uh, here as well which is really laid into it um since when was being racially discriminatory towards white people because they want to wear a hairstyle social justice the far left lived in a backward cuckoo clown world where everything is defined by offense and entitlement get a grip seriously and you know, I've got I've got certain sympathy with that. She's a very, you know, Dominic's a great pundit. Again, seen her on Jeremy Vine, but she's on many other shows. I think she'll be she'll be on GB News when that starts up. Um, she was spending a bit of time savaging uh, Tony Blair today, uh, as as were quite a few people. I think that clearly the '90s is never going to come back, is it? <laughs> but um, it, yeah, I mean, it's got people sort of it gets people wound up, but in within that when you get that's a, that's a fascinating thing which was, i agree with you can get your pulse rating and your temperature up and all the rest of it and it can be quite a stressful experience but then then when you start to kind of read around the various viewpoints coming in assuming that you're getting a fairly broad picture it it can help it can edge you it can prompt you to read an article that you perhaps wouldn't um otherwise have read I mean, I think maybe I'm a bit biased. I mean, clearly I set the show up. I obviously like Twitter on some level. Oh, no, mate, no you, you, you misunderstand me. I do like Twitter. I just think it's really toxic and I hate <laughs> it. But I really do. I quite, I quite enjoy going on it and spending time. But I think the problem, and Dominic, Sam, Dominique Samuels makes a good point, is like, for me, the problem is every time something like this comes out, all it actually does is embolden kind of the, the right wing because in general mm. I, I consider myself like left leaning mm -hmm. right? I'm more I'm basically left but some of the stuff they do you're just like why are you doing this you're just giving ammunition to 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 the right like to to take things further and further and push back and say oh well look at this and it's like just something someone on the left and I understand there's that um that concept where you're trying to push an argument so you say the most outrageous thing and then everyone goes, no, that's outrageous. So then you can come back to the halfway point, which is kind of where you wanted to start in the first place. Mm -hmm. But I just think there needs to be a smarter, more sound uh, thing, uh, sound thinking on the left. So, for example, right, 
a topic that I find, you know, that I think is actually worthwhile getting angry about, actually worthwhile doing something about is Israel and Palestine. Like I've been following that my whole life. I've, I, th I find that this is one of the major kind of issues of, our, of my lifetime anyway, right? And I just think we're getting weighed down by arguing over, over that. So then when they start supporting Palestine or they're, they're pro-Palestine or whatever, people who are anti-Palestine go, well, we can't listen to you on this point because look at the nonsense you talk about that. And all the arguments kind of get lumped in with the most crazy arguments. So the mm -hmm. actual good stuff they've got to say and good stuff they've got to do just gets lost. I don't know, but I just, I, but, but, as, but, but mainly what offended me about that clip was it was just rubbish and I'm a comedian. Yeah, that, that's well, it. that's the bottom line for that particular one. I mean, you've, you've opened a really interesting Twitter debate because, what you know, obviously what you can say is there's a whole... So basically heroes heroes don't exist on Twitter because within five minutes, somebody that you respect will say something on another subject that you think, wow. Okay, and then, then so, so you can either just accept, obviously, the sort of nuanced, multifaceted uh, way that is human nature, but what Twitter has done is it's amplified... Um, certain subjects that you perhaps wouldn't have necessarily come across or certainly in the terms that you do on Twitter and you're right there are um, there are lots of examples I mean I think lockdown is an example of some people whose views on lockdown I have found it difficult to take whereas their views on other issues um, might be something that I'm more receptive to but I mean it depends which hill you're going to die on as well, I think. That, you know. that, that, that's true. I agree with that. I actually, I am. Um, this is kind of why I respect, I respect and I put Alastair Beckett King in here as well, right? Mm. So Alistair Beckett King is kind of like the antithesis to Leo. He is, the, <laughs> he's the upper, he's the yin to Leo's yang, right? As right as Leo is, Alistair Beckett King is left. But I kind of respect both of them because their principles remain the same. And they've remained the same from, you know, as far as I've, I, I know them. I don't think this isn't, these aren't performative arguments they're putting forward. They, they stand by them and they will argue them. They will have nuanced on them. However, I recently, if you asked at the beginning, I was thinking of a big Twitter spat. I got into a big Twitter spat with Zuby, who is kind of like a free speech activist, uh, polemicist. Yeah, and a rapper. rapper. Yeah, 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 rapper and right wing commentator. Well, maybe he's not right wing, whatever. He's like, follows Constantine and those guys, right? And what so I know... Just, just for our viewers, that's Constantine Kissin, who was a guest in our first show. Um, yeah, so, and I've actually just retweeted a, a, a conversation between him and Ian Stone tonight about um, football. We won't, we, we're probably out of time to get into that. But yes, I know, so Zuby, I probably, you know, sort of libertarian sort of values. So, so I fell out, so the thing that annoyed me, so I had a, I fell out with him, I said, listen, I lost all respect for you, and he retweeted it, and then I got like thousands of thousands of tweets, actually, because basically he said, I probably, so when all the Israel stuff was kicking off again, this was the, the, the direct comment, he went, I probably know more about the situation going on in the Middle East, or going on in Israel, Palestine now, more than any of you, but I still don't know enough to, 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 to wade in and comment on it. I just, that's such a wishy-washy, trying to play both sides, weak position. Just like, you don't know whether Hamas firing rockets into Palestine is wrong. You don't know whether Israel bombing schools is wrong. Just take a position. And if you're not going to take a position, why even make that comment? Just shut your mouth. Meanwhile, 
fair play to Leo. I completely disagreed with him, but he stuck with his point that he was pro-Israel all the way from the start to the end of it. Fine, that's that. I, I, I can respect his position, even if I disagree with it. I but know where I you're coming from. Sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah. So what I just what what I find on yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, what I'm talking about. Well, but no, I got... no. You t- I, I, again, you brought up a good another. So, but what's interesting about that is that there are there is a school of thought of like, well, you know, if you think it, you don't you don't have to tweet it. I suppose obviously what Zuby's done there, it's not that he's he's not that he's refrained from saying something. He sent out a tweet which is saying, you know what, I'm not going to say anything on this. So perhaps. Perhaps it was just, you know, not well. No, no, because the way he said it, and I was paraphrasing him, but he basically said, he basically tried to play both sides because Mm. in his, because because it was Israel Palestine's an interesting one, especially because I, because of Leo now, I follow a lot of all these other people and I follow a lot on the left as well, right? And it's interesting to see their positions because they're quite. I like to, I like to point. Basically, I like pointing out hypocrisy. That's what I like to point out, and a lot of them, they're quite uh like these free speech people they're quite um like their views they don't quite you can see them make, trying to make mental arithmetics to to support israel and how they how they're doing it and then ignoring this i don't know it's just but like i, I, I try not to um well actually i don't I, I do i engage and i just i call him a coward <laughs> and i got so many uh tweets people tweeting at me but like i don't care this is so ooh, I'm, I'm scared well, I mean, you know, they, uh, there you go. I mean, it's uh, you've 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 basically summed up uh, sort of one of the dynamics of Twitter and why, essentially, there is an element of why that is also very uh, sort of addictive in its way. Because although it's sort of toxic, toxic things are addictive. But before I go down to New Age Uru, I'm going to pick up on your tweet. Um, you mentioned it, Alistair's tweet's lovely. We'll save that till the end, but Alistair Beckett. Yeah, yeah, I thought I'd put one nice one in. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, because you, you've mentioned the um, showboating on uh, on Pride that various, uh, uh, you know, companies have done. In fact, I yeah. think let's let's have your... Do you want to re- just read your original tweet and then just get down into Craig Neves' reply? <laughs> my, my original tweet, which actually I didn't want included on this due to the poor engagement, but what <sighs> it said was... Petition to get all brands to pull down their pride marketing unless they do it in the Middle East, Russia, and places where the LGBTQ plus actually need their support. Retweet if you care. And then this Craig Neves is giving us an image yeah, of just the examples of like Mercedes Europe rainbow, Mercedes Middle East no rainbow, uh, Procter and Gambo count council pride, Middle East uh, do something that matters. It's complete. It's just like. It's it's unbelievable. Middle East pride, uh, Middle East Microsoft Golf forward together. Like no, it's like we don't need. So I mean, it's all pride, it. right? Yeah, yeah. You and I went out and did some street interviews, which I'm which I'm editing together just to see what people to try and get some funny v- videos and to talk to people about pride. Right when this came out, every single person we spoke to on the street, every single person from young to old, all walks of life, just walking by. Every single one of them supported Pride, everyone. And when we and when we put it to them, like you don't support Pride, that the, the, they weren't only like they were outraged. Like this was like it was thought of to be against Pride was like like outrageous to them. Like this country, we have we 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 don't need it now. Like I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying we don't need it. The Middle East, 
where you will be stoned, have a wall pushed over you, where you'll be imprisoned, killed for just loving someone. They're the ones who need it. So it makes me furious when I see performative action from like Mercedes, Microsoft, YouTube, going, oh, pride, 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 pride. Then where it's actually needed, they keep their mouth shut. I hate that. It's like, I'm not impressed. I remember there was a bus driving through Soho and it said, some people are gay, get over it. I said, you're in Soho. We got over it in 1960. You're in Soho. This is 24. Ride that bus through Uganda, then, then come back to me. So, I mean, so, okay. So first off, what I should probably say is that, I mean, we're assuming, and there's no reason necessary to assume, but we're assuming that these were screenshotted at, at you know, pretty much the same time. Because obviously that is, that's helpful to make the point if they were. But let's assume they are. I absolutely, I do totally understand the point that you're making. Um, but it's interesting. I picked up a few comments on Twitter from Pride. There was a guy saying exactly, a gay guy saying exactly what you've just said, which is, look, thanks. That you know, it, it's fun. It's great. I don't, I don't need it. I don't feel like I need it because I'm, sure, you know, I'm sure of my place in society, and I'm sure of my, you know, I don't know if he was trying to speak on behalf of everyone, but certainly on his behalf. But then there was a. Um, a female uh, member of the clergy whose church obviously doesn't, ex uh, not obviously, but her particular church doesn't accept um, homosexuality. And, you know, she was saying, well, this is why pride is still so important. Da, 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 da. So there were, there are, there were obviously differing voices, which is what I try and do on the timeline, obviously, is, is to sort of mix it up and see that. But I understand what you're saying, because you're basically saying that the, the real, the real effort has to go on the real resonance of pride or something like pride is for, for countries where it you know homosexuality is effectively sort of outlawed and punished but i mean obviously it's really hard to get a message across in those countries for that very reason well here's a way you can get the message across next year fifa have chosen to put the largest sporting event in the in the world in qatar mm. so yeah. they chose that 10 years running how can we put pressure on that society? You, you just say, if you want the World Cup, it's open to all fans from all walks of life, from all over the world. And if they don't want the world, and if, and that's, it's not like you're asking them for, um, you know, like, oh, we want your, your oil this time. We're saying, all you got to do is let people come there with their, their partners, their boyfriends, their girlfriends, whatever. And if they don't want it, then take the World Cup to a country where, where that's fine, where, where, where they've got progressive values that we want. And that's how you, you teach them. But, but for me, it's just like, I just, when I see people like retweeting, oh, it's so cool, Coca-Cola or whoever put a pride flag. It's like, man, they're just, they're just exploiting you for money. Oh, and, and that's why when I see that video from the shrill thing, like, yeah, it's performative woke social justice, which doesn't mean anything. They're just trying to get view. They think this is what people want right now. Basically, I read somewhere like if every single corporation is on your side, you're not marginalized anymore. Right. And it's the same. So the BBC, they're putting that rubbish up because they know it's just like, oh, this is popular. This is going to get us views and clicks. But actually, the saying is go woke, go broke. And that's what's happening. And it, and it dilutes the good message that actually the core of wokeness stands for really mm -hmm. is, you know, helping each other, sharing, caring, loving is a good message. Right. But it's just nonsense is being taken over by co-opted co by brands trying to sell you, you know, a flipping sugary drink. But where it can make a difference, they don't make any. Di it's like remember when they did the advert with what's her face, um, Kyle Jenner or whatever, 
And then there was a war. She came out and gave them a got them a can of Pepsi and put a flower in their thing. It's just like there's just these these like and these performative acts just they infuriate me so much. And 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 it's endemic in comedy. Com comedians are the most and most pe a lot of people in comedy are the most virtue signaling performative people that would kill their own granny to get on TV, that would instant, if it was cool to hate gay people, they'd all be hating gay people. The very few people in comedy whose views aren't, don't slide like the river. They don't change with the tide of what's in fashion. That's why I said why I respect Alistair Beckett King, because I know he stands for what he stands for and he always has done. Can I just put a scenario to you just out of it? It's literally just occurred to me as you were speaking, and it would be a sort of performative one to some extent. Mm -hmm. So for the World Cup in uh, next year, next November, indeed, in, in Qatar, uh, still trying to get my head around the time. What is this? is this November? No, next November. Oh, next it? November. Yeah, yeah. Next, <laughs> yeah. Next anyway, so what, what if they were to do, have an opening ceremony that was just unbelievably camp? you know, high kicking footballers dressed in all of the kits and all the rest of it. Now, if in somewhere else that might be considered performative on woke or, you know, especially if it was out of the context of being pride. But what if they actually tried to do a mini pride for the opening ceremony? How okay. would you feel? Well, <laughs> well, can I just answer? I just want to tell you something that's funny about the Middle East, right? So my dad's Iranian, right? Yeah. Is that because they're in quote unquote, no gays in, in those countries, right? They don't understand. They've got no idea about gay culture, right? Yeah. So consequently, wait, 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 wait. Mm -hmm. consequently, it is the gayest place you've ever been. Like dudes will be walking down the street holding hands. They openly men open like men greet each other, kiss each other. Like I have a cousin in Iran, right? He lives in Tehran. He was like 14. I remember I went to his house one time. He had like boys' own pictures up on his wall. He had like topless Justin Bieber. It was like the gayest, the gayest room you've ever seen. I was like, wow, this is pretty gay. It's like, ah, no, nah, infidel, I hate gays. So I'm like, this is you can't get much gayer than this. But to to your question, I actually don't think that would be. That in that instance, it wouldn't be performative, and I would I would think it would be good because they're actually taking a risk. When I'm offended is when people are performative and they're like saying, "Ah, oh, let me do an opening pride celebration in London." That like, no one cares. It's like you're trying to impress me with a Nokia thirty two ten. It's not impressive. So doing it in Saudi Arabia or in Qatar with a World Cup, yeah, I would be impressed because that would be making a stand and sending a message to that country. That's the difference. Well, you heard it here first, because I saw if someone, whoever's in charge of planning, you never know. You just never know. I mean, if that whoever's in charge of planning is under 35 or something like that. That would be, be good if they did that. It could happen. I'm not saying an older person couldn't do it. I'm just thinking, you know, the young and the young and the woke go for broke uh, yeah. hashtag. But anyway, um, so let's have a look now. Um, what you've, we've had some fairly, let, let's have a, let's have a sort of, uh, Pretty light-hearted uh, sorbet, as it were. Um, do you just want to just, just want to read this one out and then? Oh, uh, uh, this, but it's just I don't. I see what I was talking about. My Twitter just making me angry. Uh, Elliot still retweeted this and that, and I saw it. Is if you see a bartender waiter drop a load of plates and you go, "Hey, you are a wanker!" It's like, oh no, just please shut up, you miserable fuck. <laughs> 
You know she's a look. She's got a pa, I, I think is that she's got a Palestine flag in her in her bio, right? So I mean, I can already deduce. Even if I didn't see her bio, just from that tweet, I could deduce absolutely everything about her. What she votes for, what she stands for, what she eats. I could probably guess that she's a vegan. I could probably guess that she's. Uh, I'm surprised she hasn't I mean, checked. Has she got? A, and I no. She just. I've seen her account before. She's. She has. She's tweeted very funny tweets before but it yeah that's her well anyway i can I, anyway. I, I it's just this is this whole thing is the kind of thing like which gives ammunition to like dangerous right wing people and what's even worse is like now they can't go on facebook now they can't go on twitter now they can't go on parlor they're on things like telegram and whatsapp right which are private groups mm. and they're all talking amongst themselves right and I know because I'm in the groups, right? I'm in the, <laughs> no, no, I'm in the group. I'm in the, I was, I, I was, I was accidentally put into one of these groups. Oh, I was accidentally. It's accidentally put into one of, but it's like, but but it's funny to watch because it's. I was, I want to do a podcast about this, and now you've done it this way. I might do it the same because it's quite interesting format. It was about memes, and it started off it was memes, but I could see it was gradually getting more and more like far right and. Into, and when I say far right, it's like started off funny memes and stupid things. Then it gets just slight racism, then a bit racist. Then they're like, oh, talking about immigration. Then they're saying this. Then they're saying it's there and that. And that's why you need to be careful. Like, oh, we, do, we don't, if like, oh, we're banning them from Facebook. We're banning them from Twitter. Well, they're just going to go online. And now they're not going to have anyone who's going to curate anything or they're not going to hear any other side of the argument. They're only going to get their own extreme views uh, and opinions of news and stuff like this is the kind of stuff they'll share because it's so ridiculous. It's like, oh, why would and it's been retweeted over two two twenty one thousand likes because and it just feeds into this narrative of the snowflake generation. We're offended at everything, trying to ruin our way of life. Like, listen, when some if a waiter drops something, it's intrinsically funny. It's the only good thing British people have is that we go way like. Just, <laughs> It's the only good thing we have. Like, listen, we do a lot wrong in this country, but when we do stuff right, let's not shit on it. Plugs, way when they drop stuff are good things. That's that's my point. So I saw that and I was just like, oh, it's just just like this is just all of these tweets are kind of like what infuriate me about Twitter. But what I think is wrong with this whole kind of everyone's a victim, but they, you know what it is? In I I have this theory that everyone in this country or in the West basically now. We're all being, we all, a lot of us have been, especially white people, have grown up with basically everything, right? We've got no, nothing to really, that we can moan about. Like, we're not in Iraq. Our bombs haven't been rained down on us. We've got good healthcare. We're not in America. Like, we've got everything, right? So these people go out of their way to, to, to victimize themselves. And then instead of someone, and then what's happened is people should have just shut them down. Like they'll tweet to a brand, like like that tweet the, a few weeks ago to Southern Rail. Uh, you said, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. That's disgusting. It's like, man, if I was the Southern Rail guy, I'd say, yeah, go fuck yourself. That's what I would have said. <laughs> here, here, here's one for you. Go fuck yourself. We don't care, right? Stop indulging these shitheads and the country will be a lot better place. But it's worrying for me because I've seen that it's going to push more and more people to the right and they use examination and because they now they're getting oh he said they didn't say did it refer to me by the right pronoun or whatever it might be so we've had to cancel them they go off onto their little group and they and they and they get more and more right wing so here's a good example count dankula right you know yeah. he got he got ostracized 
So I watched the documentary with him um, on BBC Three or whatever it was. I can't remember. It was a documentary about him. And this guy was a communist. He's got a picture of Lenin on his arm. He was as left wing mm. as you could go, right? He couldn't be more left leaning socialist before he got into all of this. Then what happened was he made that pug video, whether you think it was funny, offensive, whatever. He made that video and he was ostracized. His whole life was 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 kicked out. Then all these free speech activists came for him and went, oh, we, we're a safe haven. And now he's basically pretty far right, right? Mm. Because he's been pushed away from the left. And the left, the problem with the woke is you can never be woke enough. Because every week someone's getting cancelled because they've said something. And it's like, the funniest thing is when someone is like, I like, the, the dude, actually, I don't know, the dude last week who came out, who was the, the comedy producer, he was like, oh, I'm a big Me Too supporter. Now he's a Me too Or the um, dude from the BAFTAs, I've forgotten his name. Um, Noel Clark. Noel Clark. Big Me Too supporter. Now he's come out. So it's like, I'm not saying, actually, I, I, I've lost my train of thought now. I, that, I, those are well, actually good, good, good cases. I think, you're trying to, I think you might be trying to say that the people who protest too much about woke causes end up being the ones that get found yeah. out. Yeah, um, essentially. That's but well, I mean, I think because and Leo certainly addressed that particular issue in his in his stand up. And um, listen, I'll tell you something. You you totally come out of left field for me because when you picked this tweet, <laughs> I did not know that it was going to be. Around. I thought I thought you were going to say, you know what? It really bugs me when they everyone does that when they drop plates. But I should have known better. I should have known better. <laughs> I, listen, I love it. The, the one th I think there's there's something. Listen, I think sometimes we forget how good Britain is, and I'm half Iranian, right? But some when I go abroad, I think there's some great things this country does and should be celebrated. We've got the best sense of humor, no doubt. Best sense of humor, and we're, we're we're rapidly in danger of losing that because we're scared to say what we want, and we're scared. And when I say be offensive. British people, we're savvy enough to know when we're be when someone's being uh, offensive or when they're, you know, taking the mick. There's a big difference. There's a big difference between someone saying, oh, Darius, you, 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 you cheeky bastard, or oh, Darius is a bastard, right? You can tell by the tone of voice, right? And we've got a great sense of humour. We've got a good sense of community. They're, they're, they're making out right now that Britain's a racist country. This isn't a racist country, right? My dad's Iranian. He came over here brown. Fucking the dude's brown. Not doesn't look like me. He's brown. Proper Iranian brown. Durka Durka Muhammad Jihad came over here on a magic carpet. Right. And he was welcomed into this country. He married an English woman. He had kids. He set up a life for himself. This isn't a racist country. When we grew up, I asked my dad, I said, hey, have you ever experienced racism? In, in the UK, he goes, well, I've only experienced it from you when you call me a Durka Durka Muhammad Jihad. But in general, no, I've not experienced racism. But now I feel, and I grew up in, and I, fair enough, I grew up in London where basically every one of us was from somewhere else, right? Fine. But I, I now feel it's more racist now than it was when we're more divided and more separated along the lines of race than when, than when I was growing up. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, and and, yeah. and this is this is the worry now, and people and people are actively separating us by race. Like, oh, like I, when I went to school, we were from everywhere. There wasn't, I, I it was unusual. If you, we're, we're probably the kids that actually that the white people hated because it's probably unusual that you just get a full-on English kid, right? It was it was weird, but 
all this separation by race and then saying, oh, Britain's a racist country. This isn't a racist country. Yeah, there are some racists in, in England, dumb, but they're very ignorant. Yeah, they're homophobic people, but they're very ignorant and they're, they're, they're small, dwindling, dying number. However, if you insist that English people are racist, if you insist that British people are homophobic, if you insist it, after a while they go, you know what, if you're going to call it to me, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And that's what I'm scared of what's going to happen. Because I can, mm. I can see it. I can see it like the momentum happening and people are going to peep that will happen. And, and it's like we don't need to be dividing everyone by every little tiny like identity part of them. And that's why I hate when like when it comes to comedy and they're like, oh, look, this is the first all female black comedy show. It's man, just make the show, put the show out, let the show do the talking. They'll see they've got eyes. Mm. When we book Hate and Live, we 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 always book. um we always book a diverse lineup, not because we're like super woke. We book a diverse lineup because we know a diverse lineup will be a funnier show because we'll have diverse voices, different points of view, be more connected and more representative of the audience. But we don't make a big song and dance of it. We don't go, whoa, this is the first show that's ever had one woman, one dude, one this, that. We just do it. And for, and, and it works. So we, we're in talks with some TV companies. Oh, we love your, like, your booking. We didn't know it was like that. It's like, like, we didn't know that was part of the show. It's like, well, why, why would, we don't want it to be like the mantra. It's why Gillette fucked up, right? With their advert where they're like, oh, look at men, you're so shit. It's like, why are you shitting on your own, yeah. on your own customers? Your own market. Yeah, right, just, yeah. And, and if you want to send, say, say the message, you know, sh you know, show, don't tell. Like they can do that. You can still have a woke, woke audience and woke and like every advert now it's like it's an interracial couple like ah look at this interracial couple it's like stop ramming it down people's throats just 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 make it like make it realistic so it's not divisive i just find all of this divisive the way the way it's going and and it's it's meant to be inclusive but it's actually making it more and more divisive that's my my feeling and it's so yeah i mean look there's so many there's so many ways we could go, go on this i mean the rest of the show we could almost talk about uh, race in terms of like the overload that's happened particularly since um george floyd's murder last year the overload that's happened in terms of representation it does feel like a lot of a lot of people suddenly catching up but although actually when you go back to other i don't know adverts or you know there are there is representation but there's not the representation that there is now and it does feel like playing catch up so it's going to feel forced and it's going to feel slightly jarring to what's gone on before but people will argue um, and i'm just setting this argument up people argue that if you don't have that breakthrough then you haven't got a kind of watermark to sort of try and you know balance things out and also when it comes to you know racism people will point to um oh god it's completely escaped my head but um things like you know um you know deporting uh windrush the, the whole windrush scandal you know there are there are so many things that people can point to institutionally that are flawed which will give credence to the argument on the other hand what you're saying about people who are self sort of self-flagellating about you know i i'm not i haven't done enough to be this or i haven't done enough to be that or we haven't done this country hasn't done enough to be that by comparison and to other yardsticks you know it, an awful lot has been done it's certainly not going to be perfect i mean we're now in a we're now in a discussion obviously around taking the knee in football which has been around for, for quite a while because obviously it's been happening since george mm. floyd was murdered but the the, the the argument now is that 
we're trying to take the symbol on symbolism on face value and not the you know blm in sort of non-caps as opposed to blm in you know and it's it it, it does feel more to, i mean i think i would i could just broadly settle in, in agreeing with you on the on certainly on one thing if not a few others is that we are we it does feel more divisive and i don't know whether it's the kind of it's the, the can of worms moment before things sort of actually get better but i think i think we we're more divided when it comes to wind rush wind rush i can never pronounce my r's that is something that is an issue that i one million percent would fully and supportive of back and and i and i think that's being dropped too quickly that is something that actually needs to be dealt with people responsible need to be held responsible heads need to roll because these people have grown up lived in britain contributed and they sent back to the country they've never even been there they're basically as english as anyone and they don't know no one and they were sent back so that's a real issue right that does need that does need to be uh, dealt with the police do stop more black people that is a real issue right but then when you take away take away the real issues and then you're you're all this like stupid shit like uh where you're if you say that you're a wanker like it, it hides it pushes down the real issues where you get people offended because they say good morning ladies and gentlemen on a tannoy and they say look how look how transphobic britain is because they say that it's like motherfucker that's just how people say hello I mean, that is, that, is a whole, that is a whole, other, I mean, that's a whole other area, which, you know, we probably, we'd certainly need a whole, well, you need a whole show on, on all of these, if not more, yeah. but that, I mean, you know, there's obviously been developments, um, you know, in the, in the sort of the trans space of that debate this week, uh, Marion Miller, that issue, you've got, uh, there was Peace in the Observer today, it's following up on Stonewall, it's all there for people to kind of, uh, to read, and, and, you know, to say that is a, a nuanced issue is, is um, you know, in terms of what what the the minutiae of that is is takes takes an awful lot of attention, and, and it's not something that responds particularly well to being um, trying people trying to slam dunk it on Twitter because um, it that you know from 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 both sides it reminds me of the scene from the prisoner. It's the classic scene where. I know I'm showing my age now, but it's the classic scene where Patrick McGowan gets up to speak and there's a whole panel of judges behind him shouting, I, I, I. So literally before he gets the word out of his mouth, he's being silenced. And you see that on Twitter, on so many, so many debates with the pylons and all the rest of it. That's the, that's the ugly side to it, I suppose. Mm. But you also <laughs> see the glimmer of light. You also see like, oh, you might see an a facet to the argument that you've never seen before. I um well I haven't seen the prisoner although I think it, I I like I am maiden so it's got I am not a number I'm a free man so uh, is that the show I wasn't I around the first time it was shown I have to say oh, okay. but well I, but is that is that is that the right show have I got the quote right uh, yeah that's that's the quote that's that the quote okay yeah uh, and I remember seeing a bit like things it looks quite trippy I remember thinking this Very would trippy, be a good yeah. show to uh, to take illicit <laughs> substances on um. I, I don't know. I just find there's a lot of the like this is for me all of this stuff and even is just like I I think there's so much performativeness and it's and and it's performative to look good, but it's like when you see people making a donation to a tramp but they've filmed it. It's like no, I've never seen that actually. But you've I, never seen it. So they no. used to well it stopped now, but for a while, a few years ago, 
everyone would be making these donations, like these donation videos where they got the homeless person and they'd be like, I donated this man because he needs to eat too and it's cold. Make sure you take care of everyone with like sorry music on it. But it was just to make them look good, right? Like, oh, what a hero, man. That guy gave him five pounds and he did this. So I always think like charities should like, you should be a good person if the camera's rolling or not. You should give charity if you're going to give charity. And I always think a lot of these performative action, a lot of this outrage and about little things is to make that person look good. And it takes away from the real issue, such as ridden rush or um, police um, police stop and searches and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, look, the, 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 what you're saying about taking away from the real issues, I do, I do understand that there isn't, and there's certainly an element of that on Twitter. I mean, even when a story breaks, this is obviously really frivolous. Or I don't know when the mask singer is back on again, or the mask yeah. dancer. Oh, don't get me started. Um, so listen, we're how far are we? I'm wondering if we're near to. There's, I'm not sure if you chose one more. I think you're, we're on Alistair now, aren't we? Are we on Alistair? I, yeah, yeah. I, I put this in because I knew I'd be furious. <laughs> and, I, and I think Alistair is one of the main reasons to follow on Twitter. This guy is just putting out supreme content. Like he's always been funny. He's very clever. I like his, I've always liked, admired his comedy. He's very funny. He's very intellectual. And the content, the short clips he's been putting out, uh, really great production values. And he's just, uh, he's so good. You think, what a cunt. <laughs> If I'm allowed uh, to swear, sorry. The, the brother, you know, we're on, you know, we're on YouTube, we're streaming, and then uh, it's, I'm sure it's fine. Um, it wouldn't be the first time. It's just a, that's just a, you know, brotherly love on the uh, comedy circuit, isn't it? Should we play yeah, the yeah. clip anyway? I yeah, play the clip. I just think it's funny. It's not very long. And uh, pointing oh, wow. toward the viewer, you're listening to During the Meme Time on BBC Radio 1940. Our first meme this week comes from a listener and uh, depicts a woman, and uh, she's awfully cross. And uh, she's shouting, <laughs> my goodness, you won't believe this listener. She's actually shouting at a cat seated at a table. And uh, <laughs> the little creature looks ever so confused. <laughs> well, uh, thank you to uh, Mrs. Edmund Hillary Swank for sending that in. And what do we have next? Uh, <laughs> uh, it seems that a young couple are stepping out together. <laughs> oh, this is rich. The gentleman, if I can call him that, is turning to look at a different woman. And the expression on this young lady's face is absolutely priceless. <laughs> and what have we got here? Ah, this one has been dug up by the meme boffins here at Broadcasting House. Uh, it seems that the artist Joseph de Crew is wearing a large hat and uh, pointing toward the viewer with a cheeky smile. And the legend reads, I have four score and 19 problems, but a wench does not number among them. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's gone over my head, to be quite honest with you. Thank you to everyone who sent in a meme. That's the end of the sketch. Wait, this is a sketch. Always has been. Great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah, he's done some quality content, hasn't he? Yeah, he did a really funny one um, about uh, what, what, not, like Scandinavian noir, noir yeah. film, that which yeah. is really funny. Are you Guna Guna son? Yes, it is me. Guna Guna son, 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 son. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, but uh, yeah, but he is actually, see, he's this is Alistair. Why I like him, I like him, I think he's a great comedian, but I I also admire the fact that he's always, he's always very left, right? Um, since, you know, but he's he doesn't change his his views are the same, his views have been the same when I met him years ago, and they're the same now. 
they don't change with the tide of what's popular and what's in fashion. If it wasn't, he'd still be saying the same thing. And that's, I admire people who, who, you know, uh, stick to what they believe in. And I, what I find is a lot of people, especially on social media, just like, oh, if this is, this is the, the in thing then I'm going to be in, 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 in for it. So yeah. Uh, but I well, also think he's a brilliant comedian. So follow him. He is, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, we can, he's, he's at Mr. ABK, uh, for those guys of you out there um, who want to follow him, please do. Um, obviously, please follow Darius. I can't believe we've, we're actually heading towards the end now. Uh, well, Darius, obviously, at Darius Davies. And please follow Let's Kill Twitter at LKT Zoom. And just before... I mean, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I'll just add, I mainly just moan about Arsenal. I exclusively do so much to moan about as well. Try and get Arteta fired. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so listen, well, let's, I mean, just let viewers know that if they go to the likes, I mean, obviously, you can just most, you can just read it from our main tweets page, actually, uh, the tweets that we selected, but the ones that we had lined up for tonight are all under likes. And I'm pleased to say that we've got through all of Darius's. I knew they'd be. Oh, wait, wait. I didn't get my vaccine one. Oh, no. We surely can't do a vaccine one now, can we? Well, it's just, it was just this twat. I just saw him. He's pro-vaccine. I just want to say this one point. I'm going to play the clip. It's, 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 um, oh, God, he's uh, in The uh, Apprentice. um, Yeah. Mark Ryan, that's it. Hang on. Ryan Mark. I'm willing to cut people off is beyond boring now listening to under 30s sanctimoniously preaching from their high horse because somehow they think they're immune from the virus and they don't have to do their bits to protect others from this vaccine uh, from this virus i've had this conversation with many friends and i'm willing to cut people off if they're not willing to get out there get the jab and protect others from this virus I'm done with people like Joanna lecturing the public, lecturing the viewers at home, saying, well, I'm under 30, I'm not really at risk, it's okay, my body, my choice, this philosophical junk, and it needs to be stopped. I tell all people under 30, anyone I meet, get the jab once you're called, as soon as I get called, I'm going to be getting the jab, and we saw that as well at Twickenham Rugby Stadium, hundreds of young people flocking to get the vaccine because they want to protect other people's and lives. Ryan, and, that- and that's their and choice. Ryan, and Ryan, you think, you think that people in your age group, this, this 20% who've told us on GMB that they're not going to have the jab or, they, or they're thinking of not having the jab, you think that, that, if that if they carry on with that, they shouldn't be allowed, what, into public places, they shouldn't be allowed into concerts, into clubs, into pubs, into restaurants? Yeah, absolutely. They should be punished for that. They cannot enjoy the civil liberties of other people if they're not going to do their bit for the country. If they're not going to go out and get a simple jab to protect others, then they have no right to go to the pubs and go to the restaurants and the theatres. They deserve to be punished. In fact, I have blocked my friends who have said they're not going to be jabbed. They are dead wood in my eyes. So, you may you may say that, that but that was that is far more eloquent than the, anything you ever did on The Apprentice. I've got to tell you that. Listen, right? I like wrestling. In wrestling, you got heels and baby faces. The baby faces are the good guys. The heels are the bad guys. What this guy's talking about is a good guy thing. Get a vaccine, help everyone out. But the way he's delivering it is so heelish and evil 
that anyone who was on the fence is just going to think, well, fuck this guy. I, I, I'm, spite, I'm not going to get a vaccine now. I don't know why they put people on like this. It's so divisive. Like you said, Tony Blair's come on and went, uh, we need to get these passports. All you're going to do is you're going to ostracize half the community, half the, the nation. They're not going to get the vaccine. They're not going to want it. People like him, some cherub looking, flipping apprentice failure. Oh, and I will defer, I won't be friends with anyone if I they don't get a vaccine. Oh no, who ooh, don't threaten me with that. It's like no one cares. Like, not everyone cares. It's just so annoying. It's the way they present the message. The message should be: okay, you've got legitimate gripes regarding the vaccines. Here are our answers to those gripes. The vaccines are available, but not trying to punish half the nation that might have serious concerns and legitimate concerns. They should be allowed to have their, th th those questions answered and help answer them so they can be comp not forced to get the vaccine. They'll want to get the vaccine. Mm. And stuff like that is just not helping anyone. And again, another example of dividing. If we're not divided by race, if we're not divided by color, if we're not divided by sexuality, we're divided by vaccinated and unvaccinated. Yeah, the Venn, the Venn diagram situation is is doesn't is not a happy one, is it? Basically, no. it has to be said. There is a lot. There's there. What's it? There's more that unites us than divides as well. You know, I mean, it's it's hard in these sort of times. I'm just uh, flipping through some of the other tweets. Uh, there's plenty of uh, the people that viewers can uh, check out later. I won't open another can of worms. Uh, otherwise, we'll be here all night. But yeah, I mean, that's 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 the kind of maybe that's that's the point to sort of end on, which is that. You know, there there seems to be a lot more to dividers uh, now than to unite. Any any little thing. I mean, it's okay to be divided on things like I don't know, you know, Eurovision or any or football or all the things that you expect a sort of a certain amount of comedy tribalism on. Or didn't used to be so comedy in the seventies and football, but you know, it, flavors of crisps. Yeah, or flavors of crisps or something like that. But I mean, you know, that's that's what Twitter felt like for a good few years, and I'm trying to and and actually. Something is partly driven by social media, but something has something has changed, and I don't know whether it's well. You know, you could say it's post Brexit um, eruptions as well mm -hmm. in terms of in terms well, of that. Well, well, Brexit's kind of fallen away now because of all of the COVID, so we don't quite know how badly that's still, affected us. Uh, if you know what I mean, like that, yeah. we don't we don't know how badly that affected us. Or is affecting us because no one's been able to travel really. But that was the first time that we got to be incredibly tribal over a single, a single issue, and and the sort of the, the damage that that's caused is is hard to quantify because now it seems to be like our default position. But hey, happy show, yeah. happy, happy happy show. show. I mean, it, it was my fault for choosing these these tweets, but I I, I went you know. Oh, I'm glad so you did. There's a platform I want to try and speak about, you know, what I think is affecting us. Well, and, and, we're, and we're absolutely here uh, to do that. We absolutely are. And that's what we need. You know, we try and get a mixture of light and dark. But some, sometimes that's not easy. Just it really depends on what the, the treasures that the past week has yielded. So listen, yeah. before we go, before we wrap up, I just want to say to viewers, obviously, again, please do follow us at LKT Zoom. You can watch the show uh, on uh, YouTube, so say, yes, actually Facebook and YouTube, there'll be copies there. Uh, there'll also be a podcast that will go online fairly soon as well, and we'll be doing some clips from the show. Um, Darius, what are you up to? I mean, we're back, we're back in the world now, aren't we? So there must be. Um, yeah, um, I'm slow. I'm sl I'm slowly getting back to gigging. Um, I'm at my 
let me see if I can find my calendar. I've got some gigs coming up. Um, let's see if I can bring up my calendar. But yeah, just slowly getting back into it. That's that's it, really. If you follow me on Instagram yeah, and or on Twitter, my 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 gigs will come up. So I've got mm-hmm. um, I'm at Top Secret on the 13th, and I'm meant to be somewhere on the 19th. And I think we're bringing Hate and Live to the Cambridge Comedy Festival. I definitely got another gig somewhere on the 19th, but I've obviously not got it in my calendar right now. Yeah, well, I've got your Insta page up or oh, Instagram. Oh, never mind. I've got your Insta page up. And obviously, this video is on there as well um, that people can look at, as well as obviously going to your website. Yeah, do that. Oh, and I've got a podcast. I do a podcast with Nico Yearwood and uh, Leo Curse and also Mooch um, from Voxel Comedy. It's called The Three Speech Podcast. And we kind of talk about what's happening. It's a yeah, what's been happening in the world. Maybe I push Leo on some of his his contrarian views. So it's <laughs> quite fun as well. No, that sounds good. I, I have seen that uh, pop up, and actually, we'd like to get uh, we really like to get Nico on the show as well at some point. So I'll have to drop him a line. Yeah, do, drop him a line. Mention, He's very good as well. Do mention that next time you see him. Uh, we'll hang back, Darius, and we'll have a quick chat after the show um thank you everyone for watching uh whether you've watched it live and on stream or whether you're going to watch it uh download from or watch from youtube etc uh we hope to see you again we'll be back next week at eight o'clock and uh you can see the various details scrolling above my head of who to follow and also this fantastic uh partnership we have with buy me a coffee i'll do the high tech thing and move out of the way if you go to buymeacoffee.com uh forward slash let's kill twitter you can donate uh, for our for our work tonight. If and if you have been justly entertained, please do buy us a nice triple shot americano. In my case, uh, what would you, what would, what's coffee is your what's your coffee? Uh, flat white after twelve p.m. and a yeah maybe an americano as well. Well, I t- I tie the man the man with caffeine's time zones fantastic. Brilliant, Darius. I knew it was going to be great. And I knew you'd choose some interesting tweets. You haven't let me down. Um, So to all the folks out there watching, goodbye and see you next week. Thank you. See you later. Bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to the show. Please do check out the other podcasts in the series. If you go to our website, www.letskilltwitter.com, you'll find all our previous shows listed and you can find links to the YouTube versions as well as audio files. If you'd like to support our work, you can do via buymeacoffee.com. If you go to their website, you'll find a Let's Kill Twitter page set up for donations. But anything you can do is much appreciated. A like, a follow, a recommendation to a friend, it all counts. Once again, thanks for listening. We hope to be in your ears again very soon.